Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Larry Ball, former Miami Dolphin. I'm listening to the Fantasy Jester Show. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. This is Pat Sertan, and you're listening to the Fantasy Gesture Show. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. <laughs> you bet your ass, that's right. I am the people's champ, and I will be here all night. Uh, no, I won't. I'll be here for the next hour. To entertain all of you, I am the fantasy jester. Some areas the jester, some areas the Duke of Earl. Some areas, uh, oh, I can't say that on this rating. So how's everybody doing tonight? Tuning into the Fantasy Jester Show, coming to you live from D-Land, Florida, where it is, it's a little chilly. You know, I don't, I don't mean to complain. I don't, I'm not trying to complain, but for me and what I've grown accustomed to, 64 right now, getting down to 48 degrees. That is chilly for us here. And, uh, but that's okay. It's a cool, clear night. And, uh, got a great show for you planned. Reggae Joe and the Sun Fun Crew. What the hell is that? Uh, it's sports stats and a whole lot of laughs. That's what it's going to be. Again, Fantasy Jester Show brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com, Blog Talk Radio. Right from your bed.com. We're going to break out the old Ethan commercial tonight, as a matter of fact, um, for good old bread from your bed, just uh, simply because we're getting ready. We've got a, a and also deep, I can't forget about Deep Obsession Charters uh, uh, out of West Palm there. We'll talk about them. Great people to dive with and all. Um, but reason why I brought up the uh, old bread from your bed commercial with uh, Ethan is, is that we're trying uh, you see, Ethan has moved, and he's quite the movie star, and his time is precious these days. And uh, we had a request by one of our sponsors that Ethan uh, that Ethan do the spot. So that's been the delay, is uh, Ethan got a request to do one of our sponsor spots. And uh, love the love the original version. And for everyone who doesn't know that version, we'll have that tonight. Just uh, having some fun with that. Uh, you know, I want to thank all of you. You know, we're getting ready. Obviously, I'm going to bring in my partner. If you've listened to the show before, uh, Jason Townsend, JT, uh, my partner on uh, both podcasts that we do on a regular basis, and he will be joining me shortly. But first, before we do, I, I want to go ahead and thank you, the fans. We're now in 18 countries. Uh, to me, that is just fantastic and as we get ready to celebrate a year we are wow we are 12 days away 12 days april 20th was our first podcast for fantasyjestersports.com and in that year it has been absolutely uh, an amazing amazing ride for jt and i uh, meeting and talking to and having on the show uh, so many different people from all walks of life in sports. And uh, so, you know, our show, we're going to be doing a show coming up celebrating our one-year anniversary. So 
again, we'll be talking about that as uh, as time progresses over the next week or two and uh, get you all ready for that. But yes, 18 countries for the guy with the blue beard and the sidekick. Uh, my sidekick is uh, just as, uh, I, I say sidekick and it really, uh, I just like to sidekick him actually. No, um, I say sidekick and uh, he is a friend. He's part of the family and, and uh, not just a, a sports enthusiast, but a really good guy. Love having him on the shows. Going to be bringing him in. And uh, we're going to talk MLB. You know, it's the first week of the season. What are the experts saying? Experts? Wait a minute. Oh, that would be us. All right. Never mind. Sorry. Uh, yeah. What are we going to say about this first week? It's going to be interesting. I haven't had the opportunity. It's been a very busy week uh, in our other, some of our other areas that we uh, work in. Uh, FXE being one of them, very busy with that this past week and uh, getting that ready. We've got some news on that as well. But uh, I haven't really had a chance to talk a lot with JT this week as we, you know, the first week uh, of uh, the season's underway. So haven't really gotten any vibes off of him, had a chance to talk with him. So that'll be great because that'll be a firsthand discussion between him and I. It'll be like sitting in on a phone call uh, between JT and I uh, just talking sports, what we do on a regular basis. Uh, we mentioned wrestling, and, and there's some more news on FXE, uh, WWE, and, uh, you know, what's going on with that. And uh, we've got the uh, the big shakeup. Uh, ooh, okay. Uh, NBA, I want to ask JT, does he have a sleeper team that we should look for in the playoffs? He, he He's the uh, NBA guy. And then NHL, if we have time, uh, today we're going to get into it if not definitely next week uh, I want to be able to talk about and again I'm going to try and get to it today time permitting uh, if we can I'd like to talk about the whole uh, draft now that's going to be happening for the expansion team uh, in Las Vegas and uh, it, it's very interesting some of the names that are going to be available to this team uh, it's really, really interesting because the teams are being left with, and it's six forwards, two defensemen, and one goaltender is who you can uh, protect. Uh, on some teams, if you're only protecting one goaltender, you're leaving somebody very good available. You know, I mean, right now it's looking like the Rangers are going to choose to Go ahead and hold Lundquist. That means uh, Anti Ranta is going to be out there available, uh, and that's just incredible there. So again, if we get a chance, we'll talk about that this week. I'm not too sure. I don't know if we will. Definitely though, next week, tune in for that. My rant. My rant is that it is going to be 48 degrees tonight. That's my only rant. I got to be honest with you. I want to complain about something. I, I, I really wish I could. Uh, nothing new. We've got, we've got the usual going on. We got the fans. We got the lovers. We got the haters. Um, I don't know. 
We put a hater in place this week. That was always good. I love doing that. And then we got much love. Uh, I did. the. Uh, geez, what was it? Was it this morning? Let me just check. Yeah, much love uh, and asking how I'm doing from uh, Shannon Moore this morning. Uh, great guy. He, what a what a delight. You know, for those of you who don't know, we do FXE and uh, Shannon Moore uh, uh, wrestled on our first show. And uh, we, we've talked about, you know, when the timing is. I've, I've gone into everything with him uh, regarding the next show and all because um, he will be on that. And uh, out of the blue today, this morning, just text me. How you doing? How you feeling? How you been? Back to the normal yet? Yeah, just a great, great guy. If uh, if you're new to the wrestling scene, or you haven't checked out the wrestling scene and want to see a really good wrestler and a really great guy, check out Shannon Moore and his uh, his group there. Here, here is here. He, you know what? Here's my rant. Here's my rant. My rant is is that I've got to go ahead and bring this guy in. And uh, nah, it's not really a rant. I didn't have a rant this week. My rant is I don't have a rant. That's my rant. Tune in next week when I'm sure to bitch about something, folks. And I'll tell you what, I promise you, because you didn't get a rant this week, I'll make it twice as good next week. But right now, I'm going to bring in the one, the only, Jason Townsend. JT, how are you tonight? Doing great, Jester. And uh, I have to say, it would probably be wise for you not to try to sidekick me because we don't want you to break a hip. So, uh, you know, definitely wise to not attempt that. You know, I got I got something rant worthy for you though. How about okay. all these, these how about all these idiots on NFL network that want to sit here and complain about the Oakland Raiders now being the Las Vegas Raiders and the ability for a player of significance, a skill position player, to maybe uh partake in some of the gambling and get in a little bit of trouble when somebody comes along and says, Hey, Maybe if you fumble this football in the fourth quarter, you know, that trouble could disappear. You know, they, they, they want to talk about this. Don't tell me that all these players aren't in Vegas and they're free time gambling anyway. Playing there has nothing to do with it. You know, these guys go to Atlantic City. These guys go to Vegas. They, they gamble. They do what they want to do anyway. So how about some of these NFL uh, network guys start talking about the NFL draft that's coming and less about – you know, the sky is falling that it's now the Las Vegas Raiders. So that's that's the one irritation that I'm seeing. We should be talking about the draft, and we're talking about this crap still. Very interesting because, first of all, um, last time I checked, you really don't have to be in Vegas to make a bet. I am in the middle yeah. of nowhere in Florida, and I can make uh, as many bets as I'd like in the next 10 minutes. How many would you like? Right. Um so that that is BS. And what's even funny, though, is it comes from networks and, and a sport in general. It comes because it comes uh, when you say the NFL network, you just might as well say the, from the NFL offices themselves. All exactly. right, because that's, that's their propaganda push from them. And what they do is it, last time I checked, they have a whole thing about fantasy sports. Just they about yeah. all, all these. And I could swear that the last time I checked, every – now, it's not just the NFL. So, uh, let me get that straight. I'm not going to pick on the NFL when I say this. Every sport is tied to either DraftKings or FanDuel. We know how you love them. 
And we know the ties that we've talked about. And if you haven't heard how I feel about that, go back, check previous articles about what's up with FanDuel and DraftKings and how they're interwoven with these leagues now where money is going both directions. Now, that's documented. That's not something I, that's not speculation. That's not me guessing. This is open, documented money changing hands from the leagues to DraftKings or FanDuel or vice versa. So, and, and, How's that not gambling already, you know? Well, how, how is that not possibly having a hand in influencing the gambling, too? Right, exactly. So to hear these guys, and there's, it's not everyone. It's just a few select guys that keep beating this dead horse about this issue. So the league and it, it's it. like No, but let me ask you something. So in other words, the saying is that the league can go ahead and be interwoven with these gambling sites, but the players can't go to Vegas. Gotcha. No, I understand. Right. We can't trust the players to go, you know. Well, my question, I think I've brought this up to you in the past, is the the Giants and Jets aren't that far from Atlantic City. You know, they've been playing there for how long in, in the stadium, uh, or at least in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Uh, we haven't heard any problems with that. I mean, Depending Atlantic City on, isn't Vegas. Depend- but yeah, depending still, on who's you know. driving, from depending on who's driving from the Meadowlands to the uh, to Atlantic City is approximately an hour and forty five minutes. Not too Just far. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's right there. Um, you know, so, one of the things before yeah. we get into the show tonight, though, and, and before we start going, we have a new listener. We have a new, we have a very new, very special listener out there, okay, listening up. He's up in New Jersey there, young man named Petey, Little Pete. And Little Pete Matisse is uh, tuning in tonight, and he's sitting there with his father. And it's sad because he sits there with his father, all right, and, and to tell you the truth, JT, he sits there in shame. He sits there in shame because, you know, his father was, you know, he's this great hockey guy. You know, he, he knows okay. hockey. He loves hockey, hockey player, all this stuff. And he, he gets on to PlayStation, the NHL game, and he loses to the fantasy jester. And that can't be oh. easy. <laughs> For a young hockey fan such as Little Pete to sit there and know that his proud dad, his once proud dad, okay, hockey, you know, the hockey man of hockey men, uh, goes on to PlayStation and, like, recently just, it was terrible. And, and we hadn't played for years, and I would have figured by now he had gotten better. He got worse. Oh. You know, and, Can you and imagine four know, games and three Pete. shutouts? Well, I don't know, Pete, but I got to say, yeah. Pete, you're listening out there, man. Listen, the Jester's reflexes are, are, are equal to that of a slow-moving iceberg. I mean, you couldn't beat this guy in a hockey game, a video game hockey? I mean, come on. Really? Well, there's a story behind it. See, there's a story behind it. See, what's happened to Pete 
it's a simple story. Uh, it's been told plenty of times. Well, way down yonder in Louisville, lived a cat named Big Bad Bill. I wanted to tell you how the cat was rough and tough. He could shut his stuff. Half the whole town scared to death when he walked by. They all held their breath. He's a fighting man, sure enough. And then Bill got himself a wife. Now he leads a different life. Big Bad Bill is sweet. Yes, it did. And his hockey game has suffered for it. I mean, three shutouts in four games. Three shutouts in four games. At least give us some information here now. Now, let's get to skinny. Uh, Who is using what team? I'm not skinny, sir. I'm not skinny. I'm far from skinny. No, you're not. But that's why I figured we'd get a little skinny on the show. Oh, okay. Thank you. Somebody has to be skinny on the show. All right. Well, you know, hey. Uh, Okay. So, what would you like to know? So, so what were the teams being used here? I mean, you know, at least the teams even, or, or did he, you know, was he stuck with the Devils? And you, you know, you oh, like well, here. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I got you. I, I hear you. Um, no, uh, the first game, he, uh, he took Chicago, and I took the Bruins. That's a good matchup. Okay, and uh, that was a shutout. And then um, he took uh, Pittsburgh, and I took St. Louis. That was a shutout. He des- oh, he desecrated my Penguins. I like this then, guy already. Yeah, and then um, then then we both took the Devils, and somehow, with one of the worst uh, scoring offenses out there, he was able to put points on the board. And then wanted to go back to our original matchup of uh, Chicago. Uh, he had Chicago and I had the Bruins. And again, another shutout. So, um, you know, that we, we will mix the teams up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I, I was trying to see. I was seeing if they had um, the old uh, one of the local high school hockey teams on there. And I, I'll play with that and uh, see what we can do. But uh, oh, we're really glad good. he's uh... – we're glad that he's well. He's probably not listening to the show now, but uh, we're well, glad no, little Pete is though. For, See, little Pete is listening minutes. intently, so that hopefully he can get some hockey tips. You know, he's got to listen to the Uncle Jester show, if you will, um, to go ahead and get some tips on how to play this game. I mean, he's being left. It's sad. It's sad when you watch a young boy who loves the sport being down, led down a path uh, of uh, by somebody who really. Uh, can't win at the sport any longer. It, it, it's terrible. It's terrible. It really. Let's is. get to the show. Let's get to the show. Yeah, well, enough fun for right now and enough laughs. Uh, first yeah, week of the season, no sir. <laughs> no more fun. Back to business. Yeah, no more fun. <laughs> um, wow. First week of the season. I, you know, I have to. I have to talk about the team uh, down down where I'm at here in, in the Arlington area. The Rangers uh, at home open the season when uh, basically getting beat three straight by the. Uh, AL champs and the Cleveland Indians, I got to say, you look at two of those three games, the glaring, glaring hole for the Rangers is the back end of that bullpen. Dyson got rocked both times he went out there. Um, you know, a guy that I think that uh, should be their closer, Keone Kila, uh, got sent down to the minors because he was, quote, a cancer in the clubhouse this spring. Wow. Um, 
So, the, you know, and a lot of people are picking the Rangers to be one of those teams that present the uh, AL. And I'm, I'm just not seeing that. They have, you know, uh, Nomar Mazzara is a beast. This kid is absolutely the truth. He's everything everybody thought he was. Um, you know, I'm the, so I, glad I picked him up. I have him well, on a bunch of teams. What, what I do find amusing is being at these games and listening to the reception that Mike Napoli gets and his third stint with the Rangers, they treat this guy like he's uh, the second coming. And, and my thought is, you know, I leaned over to, you know, a friend of the show there, Tate Dello, and said, hey, Tate, what's going on? This guy's left the Rangers twice already, and they welcomed him back like some kind of conquering hero. Um, it's a slow team. The, you know, you look at that team, I don't see a lot of speed on the base paths. Uh, Delano DeShields Jr. should be in that lineup every day, and for some reason he's not. Uh, but, yeah, the Rangers are the team that have shocked me the most coming out, uh, starting the season one and three, and their pitching staff does not look that good. Just uh, I, think it's a, I, I think it's a slow start for Dyson. And they've got Bush back there. Uh, he's not uh, – how do you feel about him? He, I think he has the stuff to be better suited to be the closer. But then mm. I've watched him pitch in a couple games this year, and he – his command – is not there, and you want to talk about command, a guy that two years ago looked like the next big, um, you know, for the Rangers out there. You know, they had a couple guys that came up that looked good that just happened to fall off. But you Darvish, with five walks in his first outing, um, the velocity, 93-94, um, did not see the EFIS pitch. I was a little disappointed in that. You know, you figure you Darvish said they were going to see one of those EFIS pitches. We didn't get a chance to see that. But uh, Bush? I think he loves the answer. I hate to say it. I need to bring this kid up. I think you deal with his attitude in the major league level in the clubhouse, let some of these veterans get a hold of him. Uh, but until then, uh, I, I just don't say, see it. Yeah, for the how, how, if you've got a locker room, okay, and you've got Mike Napoli there alone, just leave it there. Forget about a guy like yep. Beltray, okay, and all right. that. All right. And then I can go down. But listen. How, how do you not have a locker room that can handle – how bad could this kid be? Exactly. I mean, That's uh, what I want to know. You know, how – I mean, the kid's dynamite, though. The kid's got closer written all over him. And uh, Martin Perez, you know, a lot of you guys out there remember Perez from a couple years ago as this budding young superstar as well. At the game the other night, Jester, I kid you not, in five innings between Elvis Andrews, uh, Rugnet Odor, and Robinson mm-hmm. uh, Torino's the catcher, they must have visited the mound at least 15 times. Uh, this kid has no confidence whatsoever. He's a, he's a mental case on the mound. I don't get this guy. Uh, for you to have to actually have some out and calm you down after every single pitch, basically, uh, it got ridiculous uh, to see that. But, you know, we got a few listeners out there. Uh, one, I want to say, uh, you know, a little congratulations yeah. to our, our armed forces uh Nick Nick Dello out there, you know, toughing it out in Hawaii. Big Rangers fan. He, you know, I know he's listening right now, and I know you're suffering through this, watching this. So the Rangers are my big surprise coming out. Uh, another congratulations. While we're on congratulations of people that we know, how about uh, the K-Blade and his wife? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, expecting uh, their first child. Um, little girl. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. And it, you know, and it, I it, made it, a recommendation. There was no name. There was no name, and I don't know if you heard. Um, I I made a recommendation on a name, and it is in consideration. Oh I, no. uh, Yeah, baby Jessica. Oh, that's just that's just terrible. That I mean, what you couldn't we couldn't go with with Randall Gritchick or anything fun like that. Uh. No, no, never. They, they, they had never heard the name uh, Randall before. Yeah, no, no, uh, not, not at all. Who, who is that? But uh, no, congratulations to him uh, and and the Mrs. Uh, or the soon-to-be Mrs. Um, great people, uh, going to be great parents. I'm, I'm very happy for them. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, you know, got to ask you something. Worst pitching staff: the Yankees or San Diego? Hmm. As, well, far as, the, as far as as far as starting starting pitching, so I'll tell you now, and let me finish this thought before you jump me on this. But I'm gonna no, stay no, on no. the fence a little. I'm gonna stay on the fence a little and call that a push. But then when you go for tiebreaker, I look at San Diego pitching in Petco Park. They'll pitch games in AT and T. They'll pitch games in Chavez Ravine. Whereas the Yankees have to pitch in Yankee Stadium, Boston, Baltimore, Toronto, Tampa, all launching pads. And I think that means uh, – I think that's what tips the scales to say the Yankees have the worst pitching staff. Probably. You know, and I'll tell you, it's funny. It's funny. There, there's a couple experts out there that picked the Yankees to win the AL East this year, and their sole reasoning for doing so is the Yankees have never gone four straight years without finishing in first in the AL East. Uh, yeah, as somebody mentioned to me the other night, what is it you said? Goaltending wins hockey. Defense wins mm-hmm. championships in the NFL. What That's wins right. in baseball? Pitching. Starting not pitching. Not something the Yankees have. Um, Brian Cashman. Not something that they've had for Cashman for a while, though. I mean, I can't think, and let's be honest, uh, over the past 10, 15, 20 years, can you really think of a dominant Yankee pitching staff? No. Not really. Uh, well, I mean, it, it, you know what? And here's the thing: when you got a guy like Mariano Rivera to cover up the yeah. back end of that bullpen, yeah, that covers yeah. a lot, of, a lot of things up. Um, you know, out there. Not that a role as Chapman is a bad pitcher. Not that Dylan Betances is who did have a bad outing yeah. today is a bad pitcher. But the front end, uh, Sabathia looked good the other day. But how long can you really depend on that? Severino right. got knocked around uh, again. Tanaka, who I still think will win 15 to 17 games, had a rough outing on opening day. But here's my thought. If George Steinbrenner, God rest his soul, was still around and running the show, how long ago would Brian Cashman, how long ago would he have been jettisoned from that team when he have been given the boot? Because I don't think he puts up with that. Yeah, for those uh, Yankee fans out there, I'm sure they missed the days of Gene Michael and uh, and whatnot putting this yeah. team together. But uh, you know, let me ask you something. Where's the uh, homegrown as, as, talent? I, you know, that's 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 part of been my argument is all right, fine. You know, once upon a time we had no minor league at all, but we would go out and get all of the top players. We had the Reggie Jacksons and all that stuff and tried to win that way. And then all of a sudden they got smart and cultivated the farm team. And all of a sudden 
Well, the core four evolves, and you got Posada with Jeter, with, with uh, Bernie Williams, Bernie, and and Mariano. Okay, so that should be. I mean, there are so many teams. All you have to do if you're the Yankees is take the business model and the system from teams like the Tampa Bay Rays who keep seem to cultivate players. They lose them and they go other places because they can't afford to keep them because you can't get anybody to go to that shithole that they call a stadium in right. Tampa. Um, I've been there, folks. I love the Tampa Bay Rays. I'd go to more games if it wasn't a nightmare to go to. Um, well, and it's not like the city of Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater is uh, hurting for money either, you know. Build a waterfront stadium like the Giants did. Look how that rejuvenated their fan base. It'd be absolutely if they treated if they treated um, the baseball team as well as they treat the hockey team in Tampa, it, it would it would do wonders wonders for revenue for that team. Um, but mm-hmm. no. And speaking of which, you know, you, you mentioned. You mentioned depth, and you mentioned young and a building towards something in your minor leagues. Now, when I take a look, and, and, and I know I can go there with you on this because I'm sure you're well-versed in this, um, is the St. Louis uh, mm-hmm. pitching depth down on the farm. Mm-hmm. It got mm-hmm. guys like Luke Weaver, Dakota mm-hmm. Hudson, Sandy Alcantara, okay. Well, and now of and those of those three, of those three, let me ask you something. Of those three, I mentioned Weaver, Luke, uh, and folks. Uh-huh. Again, this is St. Louis Cards. If you're a fantasy player, keep an eye on some of these guys. Luke Weaver. These are people down the road, whether it's uh, this year or a year from now. Uh, Luke Weaver, Dakota Hudson, Sandy Alcantara. Now. Who, who do you feel of those three do you like, uh, Jason? I like Weaver the best. If you look at his control, uh, you look at his delivery, the way he, the way his mechanics, to me, do not set this kid up for elbow injuries, shoulder injuries. He's got a nice, smooth, fluid uh, motion delivery, plus-plus fastball, plus-plus change up to go with that fastball. Right. To me, with a kid that with that age, to have that kind of change up coming off the – the gas that that kid can throw, he can he can dominate any hitter he wants to with his control like that. So, and you know, and one guy you didn't mention that I actually would put above him is uh, Reyes, the kid that uh, uh, is out for the season for them. Right. Well, I already earlier. assumed that he was with the big club uh, already. I right. didn't put him down so, on the farm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're you're talking about a farm system of pitchers. All all those guys are going to be good. Pay, you know, Carlos Martinez, another homegrown guy. You know, Waka looked good uh, yesterday. So, yeah. you know, they're, they I like have Hudson. Yeah, I'm a Weaver fan. Yeah, do you? Uh, okay. All right. well, I'm, a, I'm a big Hudson fan. I, I like that. I like those big guys that can just throw, you know, they're intimidating on the mound. He's got a mid-90s fastball that it, it has. I like my biggest thing that I always look for, and it really isn't speed, okay? It's not necessarily how fast – 
because these hitters, they can catch up with some of the best fastballs. The only one that's mm-hmm. really close to being near unhittable is, is Chapman, and that's about it. But other than that, okay, you got a guy, even if he's throwing mid-90s, you're going to get somebody that can, has the bat speed that can catch up to that. What right. I look for, yeah, what I look for, and this kid has, especially on that fastball, it's got a late sinking action. It's got that uh-huh. late break. So uh, uh-huh. that's pretty uh, – I, I like – he's a big uh, strikeout to uh, walk guy, 101 strikeouts to 98 innings uh, and, uh, okay. uh, and less, than, less than 30 walks. So this is a kid okay. that, again, I like those big guys. I like those big pitchers. Uh, they're just imposing yeah, on the mound. And that's coming from somebody who had Ron Guidry. I, I was a huge Ron Guidry oh. fan, and he was a small 5'11", about 175, Louisiana Lightning there. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned, you mentioned him. I've, I've seen comparisons for uh, Rodson to basically be what John Gray from the Rockies would be if he didn't pitch in Colorado. And anyone that hasn't seen Gray pitch, he's got serious, serious stuff. Electric. Uh, he just electric. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, pitches in a hitter's haven with the uh, humidor and the baseballs and everything else they do out there. But uh, yeah, that's that's you can't go wrong with him at all. Yeah, I like uh, I like Gray. Uh, I my only hope is that he could get traded because I have him in a couple of leagues, but that's never going <laughs> to happen. Never going to happen. But I just like his stuff so much. Him and I well, like Velasquez, but he's on a crappy team too. What? Are we? Wait, wait, wait! You talking about Vincent? Yeah. You yeah, don't like him? Yeah, he's on a crappy. Oh no, no, I do. Um, I do. Or do you like but the it, Phillies? It's funny. I the Phillies, I don't get. I just don't get that. Oh, okay. It, they're just as, their front office is just as bad as the Seventy Sixers front office at this point. There must be something. There's in the something water in the water. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it, 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 this tells me why people like Joey Cage root for the, the, these kind of teams. I mean, it really is telling. Um, but, no, you look at the Phillies, you got a kid like J.P. Crawford who's been ready for yeah. probably 18 months. They're right. never going to bring this kid up. It just seems like they're never going to bring this kid up. Uh, you know, and, and he reminds me of Jimmy Rollins. Have you heard of, an excuse? Have you even heard why? Um, I mean, I haven't even heard yeah. anything yeah, they said that they want to work. He needs to work a little more on his defense. But you go last year and look at one error, I believe it was in six or seven hundred opportunities. One error, I forget what it was. When I looked that up, I'm like, wait a minute. They talk about this kid on on Baseball America, which is you know one of my favorite uh, scouting uh, scouting places. They talk about this kid saying that he's got Ozzie Smith capable defense. And wow. And then you have the Phillies. That's a special name. It's a huge, uh, it's a whiz. I mean, that's a wizard right there. That's That's a special name there. Um, And for them to compare him defensively to Ozzie Smith, and then you have the Phillies talking about how we got to keep this kid down to work on his defense. Something just doesn't jive, and that's money. That's what that is. And, by the way, I wanted to say it earlier because I just want to hear you say it. What you need to say is the Yankees need to model – their organization after former Red Sox and current Cubs general manager Theo Epstein and what he's yeah. done with both of those organizations. Because you know it's true. 
Take Theo Epstein in a heartbeat right now. Oh, hell yeah. You bet I would, too. I mean, the, the Cubs farm system right now, even after like six of those amazing players came up over the last two years, they've got another five or six that are just down there waiting. Uh, no, he, he's done a fantastic uh, job in a short time there. And, uh, and he went out and got himself a, a great class manager. I, I love Madden. Yeah, uh, if you don't like Joe Madden, you don't like baseball. Yeah, yeah. And um, he's, he's one of my two uh, favorite uh, managers in baseball. I'm also, I also happen to be a, a big uh, Buck Showalter fan. Okay, you like Buck? Uh, I've yeah. always been a uh, maybe I'm a little biased, but I've always been a Tony Larusa guy myself. Yeah, yeah. The story. Hey, listen. You know what? I got to be honest with you. The more I get to know uh, uh, and see his work, uh, uh, is uh, Francona too. Francona is a good manager. He got a little bit of a bad, uh, a bad, you know, deal with that whole incident with the clubhouse incident with the Red Sox. No doubt. No thing. doubt. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I blame the players. I don't blame Terry Francona for being uh, a guy saying, "Hey, these are adults, and I should be able to trust them to act as professional adults." So, you know, again, I don't put that on on uh, Francona at all. And look what he's done for the Indians. Um, you know, from talking to Jim Rosenhouse uh, the other night, you know, Jim speaks glowingly of Francona and in what he's done for that team. So. Yeah, that's good enough for me. You've got a guy that's been covering a team for a long time, and he's seen the ups and downs. So I agree with you on Francona completely. This is Byron Saxton from WWE. Sweet. Apparently, the uh, jester has uh, disappeared here. So, while he's gone, it gives me a chance to bash on the Yankees just a little bit more. Um, you know, the team, the, the pitching staff is terrible. Anyone out there that's a Yankees fan knows that the pitching staff is terrible. But I'm not really seeing the offensive numbers either. Um, Got to give Cashman a little bit of credit. Hi, this is though. Jim Rosenhouse with the Cleveland Indians, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester. Wow, and then Jim Rosenhouse jumps in. You really can't beat that. So I guess there was a break in the show, and we're back. I uh, was talking to JT, and I guess there was a bugaboo in the system, but we are back on and rolling We'll be able to edit that in the original version as we get JT back on the line. And let's see, this should be him back on the line now. JT? Did, did, did you hit the self-destruct button or something? I, You know what? Uh, i got to be honest with you. I had to actually call into my own show again. And uh, so I'm calling from the phone line and just running the phone lines right now. Uh, I have no idea. So back, back it works for me. Yep. So back to what we were baseball here. So, but Francona, class act, class manager, which is why I think the Indians will probably be the team to represent the AL again this year. 
Do you see? Do you see a Cleveland? But can can you see a Cleveland uh, Texas scenario, or is there another team other than Texas that you're looking at? I see Cleveland Boston this year. In the addition of Chris Sale, some of these other kids that that they have in their organization that have come up or are going to come up. The guy that I thought should have been MVP last year in Mookie Betts. Uh, no disrespect to Mike Trout, he's amazing. But I thought Betts actually had a little better year. Um, you know, that team is loaded. Um, great Do you think they have enough in the power department hitting? Oh, I mean, what did what, 26 last year? I mean, I'm okay with I'm okay, I'm okay with that. And the guy that struck out. Not him. I'm just saying in general, I'm talking about the Boston lineup. Well, you look at Hanley Ramirez, who's capable of 30 home runs. Um, you look at yeah. Xander Bogert, who's you know, capable of 20, 25 home runs. Mookie Betts, 20, 25 home runs. Um, but they're also a team, if you look at the Red Sox, they hit a lot of balls in the gap, a lot of doubles, a lot okay. of triples. So, you know, and they have some speed on the base pass as well, guys that aren't afraid to run. Uh, and then they definitely got the pitching uh, that some of the teams that have the offense don't have. Uh, Baltimore, for example. They've got definitely got the offense. I don't know how their pitching is going to hold up. But uh, I think Boston, Cleveland, but I think Cleveland edges them out. And the okay. NL, you know, mm-hmm. NL, I got to ask you, you know, everybody's darling now, what is it, two, three years in a row are the Washington Nationals, and we've seen bupkis from them. Are, are you ready right. to, to just write – you ready to write them off? Because I, I have them. No. No, I can see this being the year that they, uh, they put it all together. Now, uh, Turner got hurt today, and we're waiting to see the results of that. He left the game early. Um, but okay. I really – I can see this as a really good year. They've got some really nice pitching. They, they, they've got a good staff there, and I can really see that pitching uh, doing well for them. I, I like the idea if Turner can stay healthy. He, he's, a, he's a good guy on the base, a good place setter. And I really, as much as I'm not crazy about the uh, kid in general, uh, I really do see Harper having more towards the, you know, uh, maybe 35, 36 bombs this year uh, and being able to stay a little bit more healthy as, as he continues so to mature. The problem, yeah, you just said it. The problem I have with him is his maturity level, first and foremost. Uh, it seems mm-hmm. like the guy, the guy is, I mean, he should play. He would play wide receiver if he was in the NFL because he is that kind of diva. Um, but the batting average last year was a sub two fifty. Um, yeah. Here's my problem. Yeah. Here's my problem with their pitching. I agree with you. They got a nice pitching staff. Got a nice bullpen. He reminds me of Cole Hamels, a guy that'll go out there in the regular season and put up a, a you know a sub three or just a touch over three ERA, a nice low right. whip, and every time that guy gets to the playoffs, he turns to Mark Andre Fleury and absolutely gets destroyed. Same thing with the Nats. Every every year you look at their pitching staff in the playoffs, and it gets absolutely destroyed. Folks, for those of you who aren't quite sure who the hell Mark andre Fleury is, he uh, is a goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins who kicks ass during the season but finds a way to choke in the playoffs. Every so. year. <laughs> every yeah. year. He's consistently in the playoffs. Yeah, consistent as hell. Um, so uh, yeah, no, I uh, I gotta be honest with you. I tell you, the the team that I really believe will be the uh, one to face Cleveland because I really do believe Cleveland's gonna make it back. They have the team to do it. Um, 
And, and I don't say that just because he's coming on. Uh, folks, uh, those of you who don't know, uh, Jim Rosenhaus, uh, JT has mentioned it on the FXE live show on Wednesday. If you're not a wrestling fan and don't listen to that show, how dare you? But uh, JT had mentioned uh, how Jim Rosenhaus, uh, Cleveland Indians uh, voice on the radio, will be joining us again on March 6th. Uh, May 6th, I'm sorry, May 6th. And uh, we'll be able to talk to him because uh, we we're, we're trying to move up, aren't we? Yeah, we we I thought we had a chance to to, to jump Kip last year, and uh, he Kipness was able to hold us off there at the end. Really, I'm still upset about that because I mean, really, I mean, there I don't know how many people really are going to argue with us over Kipness uh, for third spot in, in the. Uh, in the voting for MVP, MVP of the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. But yeah, well, uh, I would like to, and this is what I've, I'd like to find out, is maybe uh, we can talk to Kipnis to see if he feels us uh, breathing down his neck. And that would be an interesting conversation. You know, speaking of Kipnis, the guy that's uh, chomping at the bit to get off that DL and get into that lineup, you know, Cleveland's hot, hot already, and the kid hasn't even been one of their best hitters, isn't even in the lineup. But I do want to throw one name out there since we're talking about Cleveland. Michael Brantley is, is back. He's uh, playing left field. Looks right. good. The bat's gotten a little better each game. You got to, you know, He's one of the sneaky better players, win healthy, and that's the caveat with him, win healthy, one of the better players in the league that people don't know about, that people don't talk about. And uh, if they got a healthy Brantley out there, that's just another weapon for that team uh, going forward, not to mention let's look in the World Series. Basically, the whole playoffs, they went with a three-man rotation. So if they can keep Tomlin healthy and uh, some of these other guys healthy late in the season, I, I could definitely think Cleveland is the team to beat. And the, the idea of a healthy Brantley can't be uh, overstated. It really can't because he's a dynamite kid. But that is the million-dollar question. And the one I want to ask you, because me personally – I don't think he's going to play all year. I don't think the shoulder holds up. Right, what do you, well, what's your feeling Jim, on this? Talking to Jim the other night, getting our inside info from him, uh, his comment was Terry basically Francona is saying they're going to rest him more often. And I think having a guy like Austin Jackson on the roster now, uh, Tyler Naquin, uh, uh, Ramirez who can play outfield, when you, you guy can play any position, to be honest with you, they seem to have a nice group of four or five outfielders where you can throw a guy like Austin Jackson in for a night and give Brantley a game off or Tyler Naquin and get a night off. Um, Almonte, you can get him in and get a night off. So they've got some nice guys that you can bring in so you're not putting 150-plus games on Brantley's shoulder. I agree with you, but I think it won't be due to injury. I think it'll be due to maintenance. You'll see 130 to 135 games out of him. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Naquin there, and he had a he had a nice season last year. Do you see him? Do you see that as a fluke, or do you see him uh, building no. on that, or being able to maintain it? No, you look at that kid's approach at the plate. You look at the way he plays defense, and he reminds maybe a little bit less power than the guy I'm about to mention but he reminds me of a, uh, a Grady Sizemore, a former Cleveland Indian center fielder um, that was known for 
you know, he could hit 280, 285, hit 25, 35 bombs, steal 30 bags. This kid's got that kind of ability. I think the home run ceiling for him is more in the 15 to 18 level. But uh, watching the, you know, watching this kid play defense the other night and some of the catches he makes, um, I think he's a he was a fine for them. Kid's a good young player. You watch, and and the reason I say that is you watch a kid that's at his experience level and his age, the the adjustments he makes at the plate. For somebody of that age to be able to make adjustments to the pitchers already and to be as successful as he is at it, he's got a big career ahead of him. You know, this turned into the baseball show, but and I want to, I'm going to leave with, I want to get off baseball and, and get into a couple of things real quick. Um, but I, I have to ask this question because I, I have really perplexed a couple people and had them look at me kind of funny when I say this. But I'm serious. Who has a better record at the end of the year? Oakland A's or the Yankees? Well, being an A's fan, and I know you're a Yankees fan, this should be a fun question. Um, Watching Oakland, the pitching is not there. And just like you guys, the pitching is not there. You guys have a little more offense than we do. Um, But I would say at the end of the year, I think the Yankees will have a better record than the A's. Uh, Sanchez left the game, Bird left the game, and we have no pitching. We have nothing, sir. We have Outside nothing. Of Chris Davis, what do we have? I, I have, I, I have a couple of corgis that could play better ball. Hey, all I know is outside of Chris Davis, we don't have much either. Two once proud organizations are, um, floundering in the cesspool that is uh, Oakland Alameda Coliseum, the O.co, for us. And you guys are just floundering in a beautiful brand-new stadium. You don't like uh, you don't like that kid at third you guys have? Healy? Healy's yeah. got a nice future ahead of him. problem with Healy is uh, way, way, way too aggressive at the plate, uh, kind of reminiscent of what we saw from guys like Byron Buxton, or we still see from Byron Buxton, uh, Joey Gallo last year, Gallo's really uh, shortened his swing uh, and made some improvements, and he launched one the other night that went over our head about 450 feet. Um, but, yeah, Healy, Healy's about a year away. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, listen, we don't have much time. We got a couple of minutes here. We'll go, go to wrestling real quick. Uh, the brand split. Uh, and uh, all this stuff that's been going on. Now, all of a sudden, there's going to be a shake-up. Why yeah, did they yeah. do the brand split then? Well, here's my question. If you listen to Vince a few months ago, talk to the, the shareholders, oh, the, the brand split's going exactly how we want it to. Everything's going perfect, exactly what we want. Right. Now, why are we shaking it up, if that's the case? Going how you want, Vince. Why are you shaking it up? And, you know, you brought Nakamura up. You know, him and uh, Styles can be your, uh, basically your golden geese of SmackDown. Um, Raw's fine. You know, Finn Balor's back. Uh, Joey Cage, there's this guy named Roman Reigns who's on Raw. Uh, it's going to dominate the show. So, you know, everything looks good there. But I think he's doing it, honestly, to freshen it up, try to get some more ratings. Hey, people say, ooh, let's watch this. Let's see what happens. And then the following weeks. Is it sweepstakes week or something? He's looking for ratings is what he's doing. 
Yeah, and it's it's absolutely ridiculous anyway. We we weren't crazy about it when it went into place, and I don't think we're crazy about it now because you cut the possibilities of matches down. Well, that Instead of spreading your talent WWE, out. You're WWE uncreative to be more creative and actually make better stories with the people you do have. Uh, you know, we're not going to see Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns right now, or we're not going to see Randy Orton, uh, you know. No, but you know what somebody's... we could see? Jeff, uh, here, here, here's WWE at its finest, okay? Roman Reigns, the guy who just took out Taker, uh-huh. will somehow lose to Ellsworth. <laughs> you would not uh, Carmella even at this point. Um, now, listen... Now, how far how far off of that is that when you had Ellsworth beating AJ Styles? Yeah, no, you've got a point there, but I think at this point they've I think at least somebody in that office has figured out that yeah we need to back off this guy. He's a valet. I mean, again, dude, can, you know what? More power to you. You're getting your paycheck. You're on TV. You're doing your thing. Congratulations. <laughs> you're a valet, dude. Have a nice day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what His you are. 15 minutes was up 15 minutes ago. Yeah. When you got into wrestling, I'm sure you said, man, I just want to be a valet for a woman's wrestler. Or for any wrestler at this point. Um, yeah. Congratulations. Well played. Yeah. You know, Hornswoggle was more relevant than you ever have been in your career. Just think about that. Yeah. Emelina was more... <laughs> Yeah, all 15 seconds of her standing on the stage. Emelina, uh, there's your 15 and seconds of fame. By the way, by the way, this no disrespect intended. I love Byron Saxon. He's a great guy. You know, he threw the promo out there for us for our show. Yeah. His name is Corey Graves, not Cody Graves. Oh, yeah. Just had to get... Man, how many times you going to call that guy Cody Graves? It's just like Corey Anyway, had to get that out there. <laughs> All right. Feel good? Feel better now? I do, actually. It was irritating me during WrestleMania. I'm like, who the hell, who the hell Cody Graves? Is somebody new on the show? I mean, you know. But, uh, again, Byron Saxon's great. Very uh, underused and underappreciated on that show, by the way. But hopefully he'll get his opportunity to be a little bigger role soon. One of the things I had mentioned earlier as uh, talking over the past couple of weeks, I've kept in contact with Shannon Moore. And uh, one of his questions recently was, uh, you know, what's up with the show? And I explained to him my desire to go ahead and uh, have another show, but have it all, you know, 100% our own production, not outsource any part of it. And, and he understood that. He, he appreciates that uh, and everything. So we were kind of talking about, you know, what my original plans were. And he's like, just go with that. He goes, I, I, he goes, anybody telling you to hold back on your first show, all right, it shouldn't have been, a, it shouldn't have been anywhere near what you were trying to do. He goes, find people that support what you do and this, that, the other, and, and go for it. So it's going to be interesting because when we do come back, um, 
one of the matches that will be happening is the Up in Flames match, mm-hmm. where the loser, and for those of you who don't know the Up in Flames match, the Up in Flames match is going to be designed where the loser of the match at the end of the match will be set on fire for losing. Uh, and that's just uh, one of the many different things, one of the many changes that you're going to see as far as what kind of show you're going to see in our second show. And a bunch of people, like I said, are asking about it. Um, and a whole bunch of people are going to be uh, back. Nick Nero uh, is the <laughs> Nick Nero is a Definitely. great kid. Uh, I like yeah. that kid. He, him, Shannon Moore, they all like, you know, just let us know. Just let us know. When's the date? Can't wait to be back with you guys. You know, just really great. And uh, Nick, Nick wants a bigger, uh, wants a little bit bigger part. I mean, he thinks uh, he, he can, uh, you know, really do something here. And, I can uh, tell you from seeing him live that night, yeah. he definitely deserves one. Yeah, I would back that completely. So, uh, Nero, Nick Nero, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hound Dog reached out uh, and wants to know when his crack is. He, he wants a, 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 a true shot at a hardcore kind of match against Renegade. Oh. Uh, from what I've heard, yeah, from what I've heard, Renegade wants, uh, and Renegade's in full agreement. He wants, uh, he, he believes that they, after what happened at that show, it deserves a hardcore match. So, you know, there's plenty coming down the pike with that. And, uh, you know, with that, folks, uh, that's FXE Live covers everything for Florida Extreme Entertainment. If you're a wrestling fan, you like wrestling news, uh, not just WWE or TNA and all that, but the local Florida scene, Wednesday nights is the place to be, 9 o'clock. Join us for FXE Live. JT, Another great show, my man. We didn't uh, we didn't get near as far as I thought, but we haven't talked baseball in a while, so it was good for our fans to hear uh, what we thought uh, and start getting stuff out there for them the baseball. Hey, yeah, baseball's here. It's uh, in full swing, and uh, you know we got a lot NFL draft, full we got FXE. Get it? Yeah. Hey, you know what? I, I may have been born at night. It just wasn't last night. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us, uh, JT, and uh, I'll see you on Wednesday, my man. You have a great one. Take care. Folks, again, this is the Fantasy Jester, Reggae Joe and the Sun Fun crew, sports stats and a whole lot of laughs, as always. Thanks so much for joining us. And, you know, don't forget, you can catch us on FantasyJesterSports.com, FXEWorld.com. We're brought to you by Blog Talk Radio. BreadFromYourBed.com. You know, we mentioned bread from your bed. Let's take you out with a little bit of Ethan. Hi, folks. Fantasy Jester here to talk about BreadFromYourBed.com, and I am with Ethan, the son of the owner, Joey from BreadFromYourBed.com. Say hello, Ethan. Hello. And how old are you? Four. Okay, Ethan. Thanks. Uh, we'll get back to you in one minute. And here's a little bit about BreadFromYourBed.com. They're both a business services website and a personal finance blog. They discuss ways for people to make extra money from home, and they offer a wide variety of services for your businesses. If you need more traffic for your website, if you need social media management or marketing, if you need a website built, or if you just want to make some extra money online, these are the guys to do it. They have worked and provided results for clients raging.